0: Well, good morning everybody. How you guys doing? Nothing. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy you guys braved the snow, the the blizzard of 2018. I think there was about an, maybe an inch, maybe in my yard, but the um but the, the roads were dry and so it's good to see. You. I like seeing the snow though. How many of you guys like seeing snow? It's good, right? It makes the cold worth it because it gets cold and there's no snow. It's just frustrating to me. I don't know about you, but I love seeing the snow all over the ground. You know, before we get started this morning, I got just a couple quick announcements, and the first one is this, is that next Sunday, we are doing our kids' Christmas performance. It's like a whole program we have going. It's not just kids, it's it's all ages, and um, I want to tell you guys, don't want to miss it. It's always a blast. Uh, bring friends, bring family. It's just going to be a great time, and, and it's called Emoji Christmas, and um, I... I, I uh, I hear it's really absolutely adorable and sweet. And, and so I hope you guys can make it. I want to see you there. And then the second one I have is, is this, is that if you took a, a name for our, the, the children's home we support in Mexico, all the names are taken. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're going to have a great impact. And the children's home in Mexico, and uh, but if you if you took a tag, just as a reminder, it's due next week. Bring the gifts back next Sunday. That way, um, our team that's going down has time to get them prepped and, and taken down and, and whatnot. So that's that's the deadline. Most of you know that if you took a name, but just a friendly reminder. Make sure that you bring back the thing. Listen, guys, I'm I'm so glad to see everybody here. But but if you're a guest with us, um, I just want you to know uh, we have these connect cards in the seat back pocket right in front of you, and the next step to start getting connected around here is to fill out one of these cards and to drop it in the offering bucket um, as it comes by at the end of the service. If you miss the bucket, we have little kiosks on the way. little black little kiosk stands back by the door. You can drop it right in there and we'll let you know what the next steps are to getting connected around here. And so I want to also say that I'll be hanging out in the lobby. I'd love to meet you face-to-face, shake your hand if if you haven't gotten to meet me yet. I also want to say hello to everybody watching online. We are live streaming our services now. And so I want to say hi to everybody who's on the internet watching. And uh, we'd love to meet you face-to-face sometime as well. So guys, as you know, it's holiday season, and as of the past few weeks, I've been telling you the dad jokes are like really strong for me during the holiday season, and so I, I hear the groans. And the, but but here we go. I got I got just a few for you today. Um, just just a few quick ones. And the first one is this: Is is Mary the mother of Jesus? What is her favorite airlines? Virgin Airlines. That's right. I know. What do you call a person who doesn't believe in Santa Claus? They're agnostic. Eggnog stick. No? Yeah, I know, right? So why did Santa get a parking ticket? Because he parked in a snow parking zone. I know. It's... Okay, here's my favorite one. Um, and so <laughs> This is my favorite one because it's cold and snowy outside right now. So when it is cold and snowy outside, uh, what is the warmest place in your house? It's, it's in the corner typically because those are 90 degrees. Yeah, yeah, 90 degrees, 90 degrees. This morning we're talking about grace. We're in the middle of a sermon series called The Gifts of Christmas, and The Gifts of Christmas, and today we're talking about the gift of grace, and, and I need grace for my lame dad joke. And so, yes, yeah, so I see, oh yeah, there's a, like the heartiest amen of the morning from there. But we're talking about grace, and, and I want to tell you, what, what is grace exactly, Right? Like, we talk about grace sometimes, and maybe for some of us, we're very familiar with grace and the word grace and the concept of grace. Maybe you knew a friend named Grace, right? Or maybe your name is Grace. And, and sometimes this word grace gets thrown around, and, and I want to tell you, there's some really great examples of grace. And, and one of the ones I can think of is that, as a young man, I was driving through town in the middle of the night, and um, my, my decision-making base, my, my, you know, my, my brain maybe wasn't fully developed And I was making some decisions on my driving style that were potentially, um, well, no, not potentially, they were way illegal. And so I'm driving over the speed limit at at an excessive rate, I might might say. So I'm driving over the speed limit through town. It's 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. There's nobody around. And so for whatever reason, I felt justified that I could do this speed because, I mean, who was I going to hurt? And so I'm driving at a very, very fast rate of speed down the road. I won't tell you because... Um, you will judge me. And so I was driving fast enough that it was very dangerous. And, and as I'm driving past an intersection, um, I look at my rearview mirrors and all of a sudden I see the lights of a police officer chasing me down the road. Now they were so far back there, my first reaction was they couldn't be for me because they're just so far back there. Because maybe I was driving so fast, and and as I was turning into my parents' neighborhood, I still lived with my parents, and uh, I was young, and, and I was driving my parents' neighborhood, I thought, that wasn't for me, and I'm driving through the neighborhood to get to my parents' house, and all of a sudden, I can see the reflection of the police lights off of the houses and windows and trees, and I thought, oh no, he really is after me. And so I pulled over um, right in front of my parents' home, and I pulled over um, in, in, in the street right there, and I, I put the car in park. I turned off the headlights, and I laid the seat back. <laughs> and I thought, maybe he'll just drive past me because it looks like the car is parked. And he did. It was amazing. He, he flies past me, and then, and then all of a sudden brake lights. And he backs it back up again. And I was like, oh, no, this is bad news. You know, so I bring my seat up. And, and there was a conversation between myself and the police officer that was a little tense. And, and, and I won't go through all the details, but it was really tense. And, and at the end of the conversation, he, he, says, he says, why are you running away from me? And I, I said, I'm not. I'm going home. And, and he's like, yeah, right. And he's like, this is my house. Look at my license. The address matches. And, and so he says, you're running away from the police. And then at the end of it all, though, he says he gives me a warning. He gives me, I know, He gives. I should have gone to jail. And he gives me a warning. My car should have been impounded, but he, he gives me a warning for this thing. That, my friends, is grace. I did not deserve a warning that night. I deserved my car to be impounded, my license to be revoked, and I should have gone to jail because I was driving like a madman that night. I absolutely should have. So grace is when you should have gotten that ticket, and you end up getting a warning. You know what grace looks A little bit nicer though because you see that's when i'm doing something wrong and i didn't get what i deserve but grace can also be this is when you don't get what you deserve even though you're doing something nice you you, have you ever experienced this there's this weird phenomenon from time to time in starbucks in the drive-thru and maybe you've encountered this but i've rolled up in the starbucks drive-thru before and they've said hey the person in front of you paid for your drink it's 23 people in a row do you want to pay for the drink behind you And I was like, I don't know. How much is it? They told me. And I was like, no. And I took my drink because I have no problem receiving gifts. I'm just telling you. Like sometimes it's blessed, you know, better to give and I have no problem receiving. And so, so I'm like, yeah, I will receive this. And you know, thank you, Jesus. That is grace when somebody buys something for you, even though you didn't deserve it, even though I didn't do anything to earn it, but it wasn't that I was avoiding a punishment, but it was just like an additional a gift above and beyond. Grace can be come through your life in multiple ways because grace is something that is just incredible. You see, grace is something that is not earned. It's a gift that can only be received. It's something that's not earned. There's nothing I could have, do, could have done to earn a, the, uh, the lack of a ticket that I deserved in my car when I was a young kid. There was nothing I could have done to, to make that happen. There was nothing that I did in line in Starbucks to get my coffee for free. I didn't do anything, but it was bestowed upon me. Grace is not earned. It is something that is given without any. It can only be received. You see, as soon as you think you've earned it, it isn't grace anymore. Because then it's a reward. It's a trophy. It's an accomplishment. Now it's something that isn't just something given to you. It's something that you've earned. You didn't earn it. You just had it given to you. Grace is, and this is important, and let me tell you why this is so important. Because you see, God gives us gifts all the time. There are gifts that happen in your life all the time. And if you're not able to recognize what grace is and receive what God has given to you and the gifts of grace in your life, if you aren't able to receive this thing, what happens is that it puffs you up with pride. It, you start to think, I've earned everything that I've ever had in life. I've never had anybody give me anything. I, I, I have, there's no receiving. It's only earned trophies and recognition. And it's important, you got to understand that, that if you follow that line of thinking, what happens is that we become entitled people. And, and, as, and as Christians and Christ followers, and maybe you're not a Christ follower here today, or maybe you're watching online and you're not a Christ follower, but it's good for you to understand this. is because if you don't understand, you got to understand that, that, that grace is a gift that you can only receive. And if you really believe it, that, that, that you've actually earned everything, it puffs you up with pride, it starts to develop a spirit inside of you that is a religious spirit. In fact, we run into these people from time to time that demand that they are right. And they almost become Christians from time to time. We've seen these people occasionally. But, but you know, without having an understanding of grace in our life, we can become religious and have things stuck. And then we can end up being angry people that are just um, not gracious with other people. Because once you recognize the grace you've received, now you can be a conduit to be able to pass grace onto the life of others. In fact, there was a video that I saw this week and, uh, about a guy who had a hard time with giving grace in stressful situations. In fact, we've got it loaded up, and I actually want to play it for you right now. Uh, the snow, the lights.
1: <gasps> I'm sorry. Um, but most of all, I love the reason for the season. That's why this year, as a Christian, I got so tired of hearing that disrespectful phrase. You know the one Happy Holidays. Every time somebody'd say it to me, I would give them a good old Merry Christmas right in their face. (laughs) Booyah for the Messiah!
0: Stop getting riled up. You're going to hurt
1: yourself. Mom! I'm trying to talk here.
0: Whatever. I'm calling Dr. Goldstein.
1: (sighs) Sorry. I had to move back in with my mother after all this.
0: Tell the truth, sweetie. Fine.
1: Fine! I've always lived with my mother. Against my better judgment. Mom! Mom! Can I just tell my story? So recently, I went to the supermarket to pick up some eggnog. As I walked in, the guy standing next to the grocery carts throws a big Happy Holidays, mister, right in my face like it's no big deal. But guess what?
0: What, honey?
1: It was a rhetorical question, Mom. I am building the drama of the story. Always so dramatic. What? Oh, Oh, I'm the dramatic one? Oh, really? Anyway, the kid, this Happy Holidays... Punk just got me riled up. So I grab the nog and I go to pay. The clerk rings me up and what does she say? Happy holidays. I was enraged. I was in a blind fury. I jump up on the counter, I grab the microphone and I yell into it. It's not a holiday, people. It's Christmas. I'M MAD AS HECK, AND I'M NOT GONNA TAKE IT ANYMORE! (gasps) Unfortunately, my foot slipped, triggering the conveyor belt. Now, bread and milk doesn't seem to be moving too fast, but a 175-pound man flies off that belt. And fly I did. Not like a majestic eagle or a superman. I flew like a partridge falling out of a pear tree. I flew into a display of Chia Pet nativity sets. Thus, my current condition. And then something funny happened. A gift arrived, for me. Mom, a little help, please? No, not that one. No, 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 uh, th- to, to your left. Your left, no. The one that arrived! That's the one. Thank thank you. You are to tell with me, Mister. Well, it was from Elizabeth. The girl whose checkout stand I'd commandeered. She'd given me a gift. At first it didn't make sense. I, I didn't deserve anything good from her. Not, not, not the way I acted, I acted like a maniac. But then I, I got to thinking. I had been bound up in religion. <laughs> and I didn't want to be <laughs> bound up anymore. Religion is, is always having to be right. Grace, that's, that's being right with others being right with God. So, so this gift, I i don't know what's in it. It could be more eggnog. It could be a, a Chia Pet Nativity set. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the real gift is better than either of those things. Oh, you two are destined for wedlock! Mom! Why did you do that? Why do you always go there? We're not going to get married. I don't even know her.
0: But you said she was. It doesn't matter if I said she was cute. Listen, if you have an absence of grace in your life, it can turn into a religious mentality that wraps into you and starts to have a negative impact everywhere. Let you go. Listen, the Bible has a lot to say about grace. There's so much at grace in the Bible that I have 82 points in my sermon today. I hope you're taking notes. Um, we're gonna be here for a while. I'm just kidding. I boiled it down to four main points with you know extra sub points just in case. You are wondering, but but I want to hit just four main things that grace does in your life. You see, when, when we as, as people understand the grace of God and what grace has done for us, it allows us to be able to pass the grace of God on to others around us, no matter where we are at. And so in order for us to be people who are givers of grace in our, in our worlds and in our community, we have to be people who are receivers of grace from God Almighty, who gives the grace to us, and so the first one I want to talk about today is that grace does something this: that grace allows us to know God. Grace allows us to know God. Without the grace of God, it would be impossible for us to fully know Him. And this is what happens: is that it's not about knowing about God, because there are lots of people out there who know about God. It's easy to know about him. You can actually show up in church, hang out with Christians. You can, you can go to Bible studies. You can, you can be in worship services. You can do service projects. You can read about God. And you can understand about him, but do you know him? There's a difference between me and, and my wife knowing about my wife and knowing my wife. You see, I could read all the books in the world about my wife. I could, maybe if she had a diary, maybe she doesn't, I don't know. But if she had a diary, I could read all of her diary notes. I could know everything there is to know about my wife if I wanted to. But that doesn't mean that I actually know her, right? Like that's the same thing with a relationship with God, is that you can know about somebody, but you have to actually know them. And so the grace of God allows you to know God. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see, the grace is a gift, it says in Ephesians 2. The grace is a gift. It's not something you can earn. It's A gift, it's only something that you can receive. But when you receive the gift of God, when you receive the gift of grace from God, it allows us to be able to know him. The only way to get saved, the only way to have your soul saved, the only way to be in a relationship with God is by receiving a gift straight from the hand of God. And this gift, this gift is called grace. You see in the video, the guy, Lewis, with with the body cast on. See, somewhere along the line, Lewis has passed. He likely received grace. But somehow, the grace he received in the past got mixed up with the religion and the need to be right. He's had this line in the video where he said, he's, he said All this time, I've been, found, I've been bound up by religion, and I don't want to be bound up anymore. I've been bound up by religion, and I don't want to be bound up anymore. You know, the need to be right all the time can become wearisome. The need to be right all the time can become wearisome. It causes a person to get bitter, angry, and full of pride. You see, this is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. You can't earn it with good behavior. It's a gift. You can't earn grace because then it would be a reward. Grace is this thing that can only be received. And so the, the attitude of religion is that if I can do the right things and say the right things and behave the right way, then I can get the grace of God. But but that's not what grace is, is it? it it's really, it's a gift and you have to only receive it, which means no matter how good you are or bad you are in your eyes on this earth, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. If you receive the gift of grace, then you have it. It's only something that can be received. That's what he's talking about. You see, good, God is not into proud and loud and arrogant people. He's into people who are humbly following him, who've received the gifts of grace, who understand that it's not my works that have gotten me to this place. It's not your works that have gotten you to this place, but it's only by receiving his gift of grace that we are able to be in relationship with God. Many of you know this, but, but if you don't, the, God has three parts to him. They call it the Trinity. It's a catchy word in the Christian circles. You, can, you hear that all the time, the Trinity of God. And there is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, and, and so sometimes people will say God or, or Jesus and, or the Holy Spirit, and they're addressing different facets of, of, of who God is. And so you see this, that you have God the Father who we want to be in relationship with. And, 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 and it says that he sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth to help pave the way for us to be in relationship with God. And, and this is how he did it. And this is the main difference between being a, a Christian and any other world religion out there is this, is that every other world religion out there says this, that if you can do enough, be enough, if you can perform the right ways, say the right things, don't say the bad, wrong things, then you can potentially earn your way into being into a right relationship to appease whoever it is that you say is, is the God of that religion. The difference is this, is that God sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth. And see, every other religion is building the bridge from man's side of the equation over towards God. But what Jesus did is he came down from heaven and built the bridge from God's side to span the chasm to get over to man's side. Which means this, is that you and I didn't build the bridge to be in right relationship with God. All we have to do is say, I received the gift and I choose to walk on the bridge that was already created for me through the work of Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is and that's who Jesus did and that's the gift of grace that, that he has provided for us is that he built the bridge to go from God's side of the equation to man's side of the equation. You can't build it. Your building skills aren't good enough. No matter what you do, you can't span the chasm from man's side to God's side and you know it because you've tried and I've tried. We've all tried but we always fall short of what we're trying to get to. We always fall short of what God's design is for our life when we try to do it with our strength and our energy. You see, and when you accept Jesus into your heart, when you accept this gift of grace, that God awakens and puts something inside of you, the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, then starts to dwell inside of you. And so when you say I'm I'm getting into right relationship with God, here's what it is, is that you say I'm accepting the gift that he's given me of grace. I choose to accept it. I choose to walk on the bridge that Jesus built. And now God puts his spirit inside of you. And the Holy Spirit of God empowers you to live a life that you would not have been able to live if you had not accepted the grace of God into your life. See, there's three sides of God and we need all three sides of him. We need to know God, not just know about him, but we need to know him on a deep and intimate and a personal way. The second one is this, that grace brings freedom into our life. Grace brings freedom into our life. You see, God loves us so much that he didn't want to leave us the way we are because if you and I are honest with ourselves, there's things about us that we know aren't right. There's things about us, there's things that we get tripped up on. Sometimes it's it's simple things that that, that trip us up. Sometimes it's affliction. Sometimes it's addictions. There are sometimes in our lives, there are things that embed deep in inside of us, and we've tried our best to pull them out of us to get the the thing that attacks us and, and attaches itself to us, and we try to get it off of ourselves, and we just don't have the power to do it. You see, God wants to deliver you and I from the things that afflict us and come against us in this world. He wants us to find freedom from the things that are happening, and God's grace is what allows that to happen. You see, grace doesn't stop with just knowing God. Grace continues on to help bring freedom into your life. God loves you so much, he wants the baggage that is attached to our lives to be broken off. And when you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit starts to power wash your soul. He starts to power wash your insides and start to clean off the junk that's been attached all through life. And as you walk through this world, it's hard not to have stuff attached to you. It's hard not to get junk on you from time to time. But the good news is that we know the guy who can clean it off of us. That's right. And so bringing freedom, there's actually four things inside of bringing freedom that, that God does. The first one is this, is that grace justifies us. Grace justifies us. Justify. What does that even mean? Is that a Justin Timberlake com, uh, you know, a song? I think it's a is it Justin Bieber. Timberlake had an album called Justified. That's right. That's what it is. We're going to play ju- No, no, it's not that, right? I mean, yes, please. I like Justin Timberlake. But justified is this. It means to declare innocent or guiltless. It means to declare innocent or guiltless. Absolve, acquit. When that police officer didn't give me the ticket, I essentially was declared innocent of the, cha- of the things that I did. Or guiltless, at least. I don't know. I had a lot of guilt. See, justification is that act of removing the guilt from our past. You see, the Bible says that we have been justified by grace. You've been justified by a gift that you couldn't earn, that was given to you, that you could only receive. I, I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but there's days I don't feel justified. Right? Like, isn't there times where you're like, man, I know I screwed up. I don't feel justified. I don't feel guiltless. I lost my temper with this person and I shouldn't. I, I mouthed off here I shouldn't. I, I did this, I did that. Or, or you look at your own personal performance and there's times that you know, like, I don't feel justified. But God, through his grace, says you're justified. He says that you're justified. In fact, in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, it says, And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus and in Titus chapter 3, it says, So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Listen, me and you, our, our justification isn't in what we've done. It's so easy because we can say, God, don't you know what I've done? Haven't you seen my past? Like, and he says, yeah, but son, don't you know what I've done? Don't you see what I did? You see, Jesus is the one who built the bridge from heaven to earth. He's the one that justified what you've done. He took the punishment for your misgivings, for your sin, for your mistakes. And so he's already paid the bill. If that police officer had given me a ticket, it would be like this. I show up. I stand before the judge. I explain why I was driving 40 miles an hour over the speed limit. Why I turned down the side street. I wasn't really trying to run away, honestly. I, I, I wasn't. And, but I, I stand and, I, and he says this, the judge says this, you're guilty. And the police officer steps up and says, I'll pay the ticket. That's what Jesus did for us. You see, you and I, we've done things that have made us guilty. And the judge that we'll all stand before at the end of days will say, you're guilty. Here's the penalty. The penalty would be death. And Jesus steps up and says, no, no, no. I've, I'm going to go ahead and pay, take care of this. I've already paid that for him. That's what it is. That's what the justification is in our life. You see, the, 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 another, another point is that grace sanctifies us. Sanctifies us. Sanctify. That's not a word we use very often in culture, right? Right? You don't walk up and t- like talk about sanctification as you're shopping in the, in the mall. You don't talk about sanctif- sanctification as you're at the gym working out. Like That's not a topic of conversation that comes up very often in our culture. But, but it's so important, and, and this is why, see, sanctify is this. It means to make holy, to set apart, to impart religious sanction to, to render legitimate or binding. So God's grace makes us holy and set us apart? Do you feel holy very often? Do you feel set apart? Despite what you feel, God's truth says that you are. Sometimes our emotions can be misleading. Sometimes our way of thinking can be misleading. I want to encourage you, church, that, that as you think about this, it's like, wait a minute, despite how I feel about being holy or set apart, if God, Almighty God, says that if you have Christ in you, then, then you are holy and set apart, who are you to argue with God? Sometimes we have to look at the truth of what God's word says and say, I'm going to stand on that despite my feelings, despite my opinions. Because you see, God's word and God's ways are higher than our ways. Right? We see it one way, but God sees it another. In fact, in, first, in John 1.16, it says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. There's like layers of grace. I love that. In First Peter 5.10, it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You see, our right standing depends on God but our right living depends on God too. Right? Our right standing depends on God, but our right living depends on him too. See, God does not leave us alone to struggle with our own in our own power to think and speak and act correctly. See, he restores, he confirms, he strengthens, and he establishes. He gives us the gift of grace after grace after grace. If you rub through one layer of grace, there's another one right behind it. If you wear through one, there's another. If you wear through one, there's another. And, and, and it just goes on and on and on. You see, God's grace gives us the ability where it's safe to fail. Where it's safe to fail. Think about this for a minute, because if you know you can't fail, you proceed with extreme caution on every little dot and tittle that you're doing in life. Every little movement that you make in life, you now approach that with such extreme caution because you know, oh man, if I misstep one time, then then boom, it's the hammers coming from heaven, lightning's gonna hit me and strike me down. I've been given grace one time, that's it, and if I screw it up, I don't get it again. Right? It gives you room where there's, there's actually grace and it's safe to fail to where you can follow God with an abandonment in the sense that if you know, man, I'm following God and I have a little trip up, my life isn't over. I can get right back up and say God has given me grace to cover that too. And I can just keep going and going and going. I'm telling you, listen, there's a, there's a story about the Golden Gate Bridge being built. Maybe you've heard this story before, but the Golden Gate Bridge was being built. and It was quite a while ago, and, and uh, safety harnesses weren't what they are today, and, and, and the safety procedures weren't the same, and they didn't have all the technology that we do now. But as they're building the bridge, the, the workers had to proceed with such caution because a couple of them had fallen off and plunged to their death as they're building the bridge. So all these workers are going very cautiously, which means the, the amount of man hours that they're now spending to be able to build the bridge has gone way over budget. They're spending more money to pay the people, and it's going a whole lot slower to, be to build the bridge. And so the engineers come up with the idea that we're going to suspend a massive net underneath of the Golden Gate Bridge so that if a worker were to fall, the net would catch them. Well, they do that. They put the net up, and as they continue to work, the production doesn't get much faster until one guy slips and falls off of the bridge, and he lands in the net, and the net catches him. And they pull him out of the net, and they put him back on the bridge, and he's, the legend goes on that that now anybody could fall and the net will catch you. Guess what? The speed of production went up. The fear of, of, of falling from the bridge and dying went away because they realized that there was a net there to catch them. Listen, God's grace is like that net that's going to catch you. I'm telling you that, that as we pursue God, we can now chase with abandonment. We can follow without hesitation because we know that God's grace is sufficient for you and I. It's enough to cover our mistakes. It's enough to cover it. And if you fall off the bridge while you're chasing God, His grace is there to catch you and bring you right back up and just keep on going right where you left off. Listen, God's grace is empowering in that way. It, it sanctifies us. You see, grace defends us. Grace defends us. You see, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, it, it talks about the armor of God. And if You've, you've been a Christ follower for a while, or if you've read read the word for a while, this is such a, a common passage, and they, they, they talk about the armor of God, and they, they say, well, you've got the shoes of the gospel of peace, and you've got the belt of truth, and, and you've got there's the, the shield of faith, and the breastplate of righteousness, and there's, there's a helmet and a sword, and, and, and it, it goes on and on and on. There's, there's this, this armor that God puts over us to help us to be able to be defended against the enemy's attacks on our life. And it says this in Ephesians 6, leading up right to that that armor. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You see, it's not your armor, it's God's armor. And he gives it to you, and so you have the grace now that says, God's grace is there to defend me through his thing. Because it's not your breastplate of righteousness, it's his breastplate of righteousness. It's not your shield of faith, it's his shield of faith. It's not your truth, it's his truth. You know, when you start to look at the elements of the armor that God gives us to be able to to defend against attacks, it's the things that God gives us. It's a gift from God, it is grace that we are able to accept. And so it defends us. The armor of God is a gift by the grace of God. We didn't pay for that breastplate of righteousness. It was just a gift. And grace gives us victory. In Romans chapter 6, it says this, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. You see, grace is not a license to commit sin. Don't just jump off the bridge and land in the net over and over again, because why not? The net's there, Right? I mean, that's that something that, is, that Paul's addressing in Romans. Grace is not a license to commit sin. It's a force that both pardons us and empowers us to live right without falling into temptation. And so God wants to bring freedom. That was my second point that I just went through. And God wants to give us freedom. And see, he, he justifies us. He sanctifies us. He defends us. And he gives us the victory over the things that get attached to us in our life. I want to encourage you, church, that when you receive grace, grace comes into your life and empowers us to live a victorious Christian life, to live a victorious Christian life. Grace, number three, grace helps us discover our purpose. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but you are wired on purpose for a purpose. And in order for you to discover what God has built inside of you, you it's a gift that God gives us, and it's and the it's grace to be able to discover our purpose In 1 Corinthians 15, 10, it says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me is not in vain. In fact, in Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14, it says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. See, God had an idea about who you were going to be before you were born. He says he knitted you together in, in, in your mother's womb. He, he planned your future. He, he put things inside of you. He gifted you with things that, that you didn't ever earn or, or accomplish. It wasn't a reward or a trophy. He, he gave you gifts from God Almighty. And, and, and it's a great privilege for us to be, able to, to, to be able to learn what those gifts are. What did God give us? You know, Mark Twain says this, he says, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day that you find out why. The day that you were born and the day that you find out why. You see, no one can make themselves a great man or a great woman of God. You can't make yourself that way. You see, the callings to be this or the callings to to do that in God's kingdom are by the grace of God. I couldn't make myself a pastor. I don't know if you know that. Um, in fact, my life wasn't on the trajectory to be a pastor. But when God calls, he calls. And when he assigns, he assigns. And sometimes it's for life. Sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it's just for a short time or maybe it's for a long time. Maybe it's something that, that you understand or, or you don't understand. But you see, God's the one who calls us into things in the kingdom of God. God's the one who calls you into ministry and in areas in your life that, that, that you will find and discover As you go on. You see, it isn't by... um, God initiates the greatness in our lives, but it's by his gift of grace. It isn't by your efforts, your work, your initiatives, but rather because of God's grace, God's gift, and God's love. And number four is this. Grace empowers us to make a difference. If the band would come, I'm going to close on this one. Grace empowers us to make a difference. See, in Romans chapter 12... It says this for by the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned for as in one body we have many members and the members do not have to all have to have the same function <laughs> could you imagine a body with like 18 arms and no legs It'd be pretty pointless wouldn't it like it would struggle it wouldn't need... listen every part of the body of Christ is important Sometimes you're a mouthpiece, sometimes you're a nose, sometimes you're an eye, sometimes you're a finger. Have you ever stubbed your pinky toe or broken it? I'm telling you, you didn't realize how important your pinky toe was until you go without. And then you all of a sudden you realize how much of your balance and how well you walk works with a pinky toe. You might have a part in the body where you have a high level of exposure, or you might be on the foot and have a sock and a shoe over you, and maybe nobody really even sees the work that you're doing for the kingdom of God. But I want to tell you that every part is important. It's all necessary. What God has called you to do is important. What God has gifted you to do is important. Whether it's behind the scenes or on the front line, whether it's, it's something that create, brings you to a place of fame and or, or prosperity or a place that, that you're serving so far in the system that, that nobody sees what you're doing, but I'm telling you, you're making an impact. If God has called you to it, I challenge you to do it, to go a- activate that. Okay, verse 5, so we, though many... Our one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Check this out having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Your gifts are different than my gifts and the person next to you's gifts. They're different. Sometimes we get bound up with getting stuck, don't we? In comparison, have you ever done that? You compare your life to another whether it's on a career or a corporate ladder or, or somebody else that's ahead of you or maybe even somebody who's behind you. I'm, I, I'm better than that person. Or, man, I wish I was as good as that person. And, and comparison can, can creep in everywhere. But in the church, I don't want comparison to be in the church. I don't think God wants comparison to be in the church. Because we differ from gift to gift to gift. We should be able to embrace what God has given us so that we can do it. And it says, let us use them. You see, we still have to use the gifts that God's given us. God's not a puppet master with strings and we're puppets that just like there's a free will involved in this where God gives us the gift but we got to use it and it works if if you work it your gift should work your gift should work I want to tell you there's something in each one of us that finds fulfillment in life when we make a difference in the life of another person your gift should work which means this is that if you believe that God has given you the gift of healing when you pray for people They should get healed. If you believe that God has given you the gift of evangelism, when you're teaching and preaching the gospel, when you're maybe just witnessing or sharing the love of Jesus with people in life, you should see people making decisions to follow Jesus. If you have the gift, you will see the fruit and the byproduct of that gift. If you have the gift of mercy or compassion, you will see that in your presence and as you're talking with people, you will see that people's souls and countenances change, that they're able to find healing in the midst of the words that God gives you to use in the midst of your gifting. It's great that that the grace of God allows us to be able to make a difference in the life of another person. You know, in the midst of your gift, you should be able to find joy even in the hard times. Because even in the hard times, when when things aren't going right and the burden is high and and the stress is high and you're not sure what to do, you will find joy even in the midst of the hard times. It doesn't mean that everything in life is easy. Sometimes it's really, really hard. But there's a joy that comes from God in the midst of the gift that you see in your life. There's a baseball game where it's God's team versus Satan's team. Satan toes up. It's the bottom of the ninth. Satan's up by one run. God's team is at bat. Two outs. How are we going to win the game? First person to go up to bat is love. Love goes up to bat and he, he swings and he hits a base hit and gets onto first base. After love was faith and faith gets a single because, you know, faith works with love. So they got to. Be on base together. And godly wisdom comes up to the plate. And he looks at Satan and and he as Satan is pitching the ball. And and as he watches, he 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 doesn't swing because it's a ball, ball one. Again, ball two, ball three, ball four. Godly wisdom gets walked. Because he didn't didn't fall for Satan's tricks. And and he he walks out. So the bases are loaded now. And the coach sends out the scrawny little guy called Grace. And Grace walks up to the plate, and he's unassuming and he's small and 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 in fact, all of Satan's team is kind of chuckling. They're like, oh, that's it. We can strike this guy out, no problem. And then we're out of here. Grace comes up, stands to the plate, unassuming. Satan throws the ball. Grace, crack, home run, hits a grand slam, and God's team wins the game. And God comes to the coach and and he says, he says, coach, why do you think that grace won the game? Coach wasn't sure. And God says this, you see, if love, faith, and wisdom had won the game, you would think that you would have done it yourself. Love, faith, and wisdom. You would have thought that you have done it yourself. You see, love, faith, and wisdom can get you on the basis. Love, faith, and wisdom can get you down the road in life, but it's not until you have grace that can get you home. We need grace to be able to get us all the way home, and it's the thing that you and I can't provide. So when you mix the pieces that you start to integrate into your life that you can start to get on base, listen, without grace, you're not gonna get to where God needs you to get. You're not going to be able to win the game. So it all starts with this. It starts with knowing God. You see, many people know about God, but not everybody knows God. People grow up in church, read a little Bible, hang around with Christians. In fact, that was me. I was a pastor's kid. I grew up in, in, in this church with many of you looking at me, and you think, man, that guy's a punk kid. No suit and tie when he preaches. What am I thinking here? I took my beanie off. Took the hat off. I knew about God, but I didn't really know him. I knew about God as in, in school, and, and, and I, but I didn't really know him. And it wasn't until I became a senior in high school that I really, truly knew God. I knew about him. I knew what had to happen. I knew I had to accept his free gift. I knew that I had to do all these things, but I didn't do them. In fact, when I decided to give my life to Christ fully and completely at the age of 17, my family didn't, they were shocked. I mean, they were pastors. They're like, I thought my kid was already saved, but I wasn't. You might have been in church your whole life and have known about God, but maybe not ever made the decision to know God. And when you make that decision, you might have a thought in your head of like the people in the aisle next to me are going to be like, why would that guy be making a decision to follow Christ? And, and because he's been, I think he's been saved his whole life. We can put on the charade sometimes and think that we know about God, but we don't truly know God. So do you really know God? We make excuses, don't we? Like, I'm not good enough. You're right. You're not. That's why he gives us the gift of Grace. My past is pretty jacked up. Yep, that's why he gives you the gift of grace. My current day situation is a complete mess. God knows, and he's still offering you the gift of grace. He knows your situation. He knows it took you a while to get into this place, and guess what? He wants to bring freedom into your life. And it might happen immediately or it might happen eventually, but God's going to be with you through the process of getting you out of that place so that you'll find freedom. This is why we need grace. Will you bow your heads as I pray? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your gift of grace. As we're celebrating Christmas and we're celebrating Jesus and all that he's done, God, his gift of grace, in my opinion, is the most powerful gift that he's given. God, help our attitude this Christmas season so we can stay focused on your purpose. Keep us focused on your purpose so that we can achieve your destiny. Our desire is to become the church that you want us to be and help us see the areas of our lives that we need to quit, the things that we need to drop, the things that we need to let go of and let your grace handle and cover so that we can run the race that you've set before us. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You might have had an unclear view of who God is Maybe you are one of those people in the room that says, I've known about God, but I don't know God. I want to give you the opportunity today to make that decision to say yes to Jesus and say yes to receiving his gift of grace. It says in God's word that he knew you before you were born. Listen, you're not an accident. You are his son, you are his daughter. He loves you and he wants you to be back united with him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to step into a relationship with Jesus. Right here and right now. I want you to know God. I don't want you to just know about God. I want you to know God truly. And the gift of grace, it has been extended to you. All you have to do is accept it. So will you accept that gift today? Church, if you're a believer and a follower, you can pray with me. But if this is your first time, I want you to pray it. I want you to pray it and mean it. If you're watching online, you can follow along and pray too. And this is it. It's Jesus Christ. I confess you, are Lord. You died on the cross and rose from the grave and paid for my sins. Today, I choose to surrender everything. Today, I choose to follow you. Show me how to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those who accepted for Christ this morning. Welcome to the family. Listen, if you made that decision, if you prayed that prayer, I wanna get to know you. I wanna help you get connected and and so that you can follow Jesus. And that same card we talked about this morning, you can fill out there and there's a checkbox that says, I made a decision to follow Christ. You can drop that in the bucket when it comes by, or you can put it in the black box on the way out the door.